Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Well, good morning, Purpose Church. How's everybody feeling? Everybody feeling good? I love that. Why don't we take five seconds? Can we give Jesus the loudest ovation that we've given him all week long? Come on. Why don't you do this? Why don't you go ahead and jump back up on your feet? I know you just had to be a seat, but come on, jump back up on your feet. We're going to read scripture together. Again, we do it just about every week where it's awkward, where you're up and down. And But man, I'm just so grateful for you. I'm so thankful that you're here. And I just, again, in honor of God's word, I just love standing to be able to read that together. I got a story today for you that we're going to read from scripture. I think a lot of us have heard. I think a lot of us have talked about it. You've heard it preached before. We're going to look at it today. It's in Matthew chapter 14. If you got your Bibles, turn there. If not, we got a big giant Bible that's going to be up on this screen behind me, all right? And so Matthew chapter 14, if you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. That was decent, but I said, if you're ready for God's word, say, I'm ready. Here we go. I'm going to welcome everybody in that's watching online on the podcast. I love that. I love that you're hanging out with us. But let me just tell you, it's better in the room. Come in the room. Be in, can I get an amen? It's better in the room. Like it's better. We love you guys so much. If you're having to watch from a distance for a while, listen, we just love you. If you can, if you're able, come back in the room. We'd love to have you here. This is what Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 says. And you've heard it, but let's talk about it. Watch what it says. Immediately after this, it's a crazy story right before that. Jesus feeds the 5,000. It's awesome. One of my favorite stories in all of the Bible where he takes a Lunchable and turns it into the Red Lobster. Come on, somebody, right? All right, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross over to the other side of the lake. And while he sent the people home, and after sending them home, he went up to the hill by himself to pray. Man, we can learn so much from watching Jesus' life. And so much right there, so good just to think. Jesus withdrew and, and to himself to pray. And night fell while he was still there. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on water. And watch what the Bible says. When the disciples saw him, they all thought he was Patrick Swayze. Come on, somebody, right? That's all the old people in the room that have seen the movie Go. Come on, anybody seen that before? Okay, all right. And he's walking on the water towards them. And what happens is they cried out in their fear. It's a ghost. Somebody say, ah! I like it. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Watch what he said. Do not be afraid. Take courage. I am here. I love that. I love that Jesus said that. And it says this, that Peter called out to him and said, Lord, if it's really you, won't you tell me to come to you walking on the water? And what did Jesus say? He said, yes, come. So come on, big boy. Let's see it. And so Peter went over the side of the boat, walked on the water towards Jesus. But what happened was when he saw the strong winds and the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. And he shouted, save me, Lord. And I love Jesus because it says Jesus immediately, right? Not, not he waited a little bit, let him get a little salt water in his throat. No, 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 no. Immediately reached out and grabbed him. And he said, you have so little faith, why did you doubt me? Then watch what he says. When they climbed back in the boat, the wind stopped. And then, somebody shout then. 
Then the disciples worshiped him saying, you really are the son of God. And I just think today, what we're gonna talk about together, it's gonna be a good time. I can't wait to just talk about what we're gonna look at together. It's this idea of one of our core values, but something I want all of us to be able to have, a reaction that we should have is a lot like Peter and that faith should be our reaction. And I'm believing that God is gonna stir your faith today, that God is gonna tell you to get out of the boat, that he's gonna say, literally, you need to take a step of faith today, that God is challenging you, he's calling you out. He's saying, hey, take a step. And I just believe that today, if you look back on this day, it is January the 23rd of 2022, right? 2022, all right, is the fact that you're going to look back on this day right here and say, you know what? That was the day that I stepped out. That was the day that faith literally became my reaction. That's the day that I can look back and say, man, I was doubting what God had called me to, but not after that day. And I believe that's what we're walking into today. So if you got some faith, let's just pray together. God, we thank you so much for today. I believe that you want to speak to us today. I believe that you want to use your word to to just speak to our hearts today. And so God, I just ask that you would get glory in this place. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Can we give God five seconds of the loudest praise that we've given him all week long? Come on, I love that. Once you knuckle bump, fist bump a couple people on your way to your seat and you can have a seat, you can have a seat, you can have a seat. I love that. I love that. Faith is our reaction. I, I, I love that that is uh, something that we're going to talk about today. How many of y'all, let's just be honest, if we could just rank our faith really quickly, how many of us would say, you know what, I got a lot of faith in my life. If you're on a scale of one to ten, if ten being Jesus and one being like, uh, not a whole lot of faith, right? Where would you rank yourself on a scale of one to ten in your faith right now? That faith is your reaction. That faith is how you respond to certain things. I don't know about you, but if we could be honest, I think some of us would find ourselves right in the middle there, right? But but I think also, too, really quickly, how many of y'all um, uh, would have the faith uh, to, to, Randy, do you mind coming up here on stage? I had not, not let's see how, how, y'all give it up for Randy really quick. I have not prefaced Randy at all for this, and I don't even know if this is going to work. Randy, do you mind turning around that way? I want to know how much faith you have in me as your pastor in this moment that you are going to lock your legs and you are just going, not yet, don't do this yet, because I'm not ready for you yet, okay? But you are just going to fall backwards into my arms. On a, okay, scale of one to ten, you good? You going to be okay? T- Tika, you got life insurance? Because I can help you. No, I'm just give it up for Randy right now. I like that. That was random. I'm sorry I did that, but I just thought about it because to me, um, uh, in my mind, uh, how many of y'all would have the faith to just fall back on somebody maybe that you didn't even know or you would do it? How many of y'all would have the faith to do a trust fall? How many of y'all say I'm a 10 on that? Come on, somebody. How many of y'all like, no, I ain't doing that. I ain't trusting nobody in this room right now, right? All right, I get it. I get it. Well, Randy, thankfully, it kind of went along just perfect right there because faith was Randy's reaction in that moment, that he reacted in faith, that he was willing to say, you know what? I'm going to put my full trust in whatever's behind me, and I'm going to believe that they're going to catch me. I think about that. A little bit of what that would look like is a lot like what Peter did in this story. And I think about this entire thing called faith. Somebody shout faith. 
faith, I want you to understand that faith is talked about all throughout the Bible. And, and again, it's kind of just the statement of, of what we do as a church, this, this thing called faith. And I think it's so important that we understand that you and I realize that faith actually is something that amazes Jesus. Because if you look in Scripture, there's a few things that, that, that really like stop Jesus in his tracks when it comes to being amazed by faith. I want you to look at the fact is there's two times that it happens where the Bible literally tells us that they were ama- that Jesus was amazed at their faith. Watch this. There's one time that didn't work out so good, and another time that was really they were amazed by the amount of faith. So the first one is happening in Jesus' hometown. It's happening in this area where Jesus grew up, and people knew Jesus. They knew his family. They knew his family history. They knew his sisters and his brothers. They knew all about Jesus and his life. Uh, And guess what happened? They became so familiar with Jesus that watch what happened in Mark chapter 6 verse 5. It says that he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Watch what it says. Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. Right? He was amazed at their lack of faith. And so I got to thinking about that. And I got to thinking, in my life, how many times have I got so familiar with Jesus? How many times in my life have I got so comfortable with just doing the, the everyday thing, the, the thing, oh, I'm just going to church on Sunday, not really just, it's kind of just expected of me. It's kind of just the thing that we're going to do. I'm just going to get in worship. And this is kind of, i become so familiar with it that I think so many times that my faith is lacking. And again, that amazes Jesus because he's not wanting just a small, small amount of faith from you and I. He's wanting faith to be the very thing that we cling to in every single moment of our life. Another time in scripture, you got to understand that Jesus was amazed by faith was this guy, uh, he was a centurion, okay? So he was a soldier. He was a chief of other soldiers. And so he was a centurion man, and he had a servant, like his top servant was sick. And so this dude is about to die, and what happens is this centurion servant sent these other servants to Jesus and said, Jesus, you ain't even got to show up. Come on, somebody, right? You ain't even got to show up. All you got to do is speak the word, and guess what? This guy will be healed in the moment, right? That's, that's what this guy said. And this is a centurion soldier. Like, this is not a religious man. This is not a guy that literally has uh, degrees in, in Bible theology or anything like that. This was a soldier, an everyday guy that said, you know what, Jesus, all you got to do is say the word and my servant will be healed. And look what happens in Luke chapter 7, verse 9. It says, when Jesus heard this, he was, ama- he was amazed at him and turned to the crowd following him. And he said, I tell you, I've not found such great faith even in Israel. And if you go back and read the rest of that chapter, you begin to find out that guess what happens? As soon as that word was said, guess what? That boy was healed in that very moment. And I don't know about you, but how many of you know that even in your own life, one word from Jesus can change things. One encounter with Jesus can change things. And I believe that you're here for a reason today, that God has you in this room, that God has you watching online, that God has you listening on the podcast because he loves you, he cares about you, and that faith is the very thing that gets Jesus' attention. And I want to ask ask you really quick, would Jesus be amazed at your and my lack of faith or our amount of faith, right? And I think that's something we got to just begin to even ask ourselves, our church, okay, faith is our reaction. That's what we want to be known for. And we talked about it over the last few weeks, this series that we're in called I Love My Church. And again, I want you to understand it's not just like my church, it's our church together, but I want you to be able to say that, that I love my church. And again, we've been talking about just things that we want to be known for. The first week being Jesus' 
is our point. That there's nothing better than Jesus. There's nothing, there's nothing that's going to change that for us. Like it's Jesus, as we sung today, Jesus over everything. Come on, somebody, right? At the end of the day, that's what it's going to be about in this place. Now think about that. And then last week, we talked about people are heart, that we got to do whatever it takes to go out and take the name of Jesus wherever we go, wherever you're called to go to school or wherever you're called to work or whatever it might be, your family, your best friends. Like God wants to use you to go after people that are far from him. And I just think that's incredible. We want to be a church that's like that. And again, faith is our reaction. So I want to talk about today again what faith is not and actually what faith is according to what we just read just a few minutes ago. Everybody good with that? Y'all good? Say yes, I'm good. All right, good. All right, so here's what faith is not. You ready? You write this down. No takers or history makers. Write this down. Faith is not about playing it safe. Faith is not about playing it safe. What you and I have to realize is that if you and I are going to please God, we cannot play it safe. Like we can't just stand on the sidelines. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Right? Without faith. Somebody say without faith. It's impossible to please God. See, you, if you can do everything that God is, like, that you are set out to do, like if you can do all of that within your own power and you never need the power of God, then I believe that you're living without faith. If you never require the power of God, if you never require the strength that only God can provide, and without faith, I just believe it's impossible to please God. And I think about it, so many times for us, you and I, we think that faith has to be perfectly buttoned up, that we can't have a bad day, that there can't be anything like that. that there, you know, It's kind of like we're floating on this eternal faith cloud that we're just kind of, oh, this is just great that all the time. Like Again, there's never going to be doubt if you have faith. And I'm just going to be real honest with you. Can I be honest with y'all, that ain't my faith sometimes. You know why? Because faith can sometimes get messy. That faith can sometimes not always feel like it's constant, like that it's not incredibly clean. And there may be some moments, in, and I don't know if you're like me, there's moments in your life where you got great faith where you're like, yes, I know God called me to this. I'm here. I'm staying. Ain't nobody moving me. And in the next moment, I'm like, ah, what am I doing, Lord? Like, why'd you call me to this? I don't think I got the tools to be able to do it. There's no way anybody relate right there. Anybody feel that real quick? Yeah, I think all of us can kind of relate in some sort of, of area there that that one minute you can have great faith and the next minute that it's like you can't you have no faith whatsoever but I want to challenge us with this idea that faith is not about playing it safe I, I uh Allie and I met about um what is this year 2022 we met about the, uh, tw 12 years ago right we celebrating our 10 year anniversary this year come on somebody right <laughs> Lord Jesus, you put up with me for that long. And, and I'll just tell you, God bless Allie, okay? Just Lord. Um, I just spit all over you. I'm sorry, Michael. Um, um, but, but this is spit zone right here. All right. Um, but, but me and Allie met working at a summer camp together. And I remember, and uh, Allie, she, I, was, I was a returning staff. She, this was her first year. And what she did, um, she, she was on the zip line. You remember being on the zip lines, babe? Like, that was your go-to, wasn't it? Right? And how many of y'all have ever seen a zip line or rode a zip line? Anybody ever? How many of y'all know that's just, a, that's just a death machine to me, okay? 
right? I, I think about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not smart. I'm going to hang 35 feet from a little bitty rope. That ain't smart, okay? Like, give me the ground, okay? Uh, and I remember I drove, a, I drove a boat that summer, and Allie was literally up on top of the tower at Crossings Camps, like, all summer long. So she got used to the, the high. She got used to all this stuff. And your boy is a schoolgirl, scared like a schoolgirl, okay? Like, I'm just seriously, when I get up there, I just don't like heights. I don't like nothing like that. And I remember after all the campers had gone home uh, and, like, staff was just left, everybody was still left there uh, as far as the summer staff. And, and we had a couple days where we could just do some things. And one of those was to go zip lining. And, again, your boy ain't never been zip lining in his life. And I climbed 35, 40 feet up onto a tower. And next thing I know, me and Allie, we didn't, even, we didn't, we didn't like each other at that time. I thought, she's going to be my wife one day. I was like, whoo, she's beautiful. But the, she was standing right there on that side. There was two doors to go out uh, into the, like, onto the zip line. There's two different zip lines. And I remember she's just cinched up, ready to go, got her, got her harness on, and I'm shaking like a leaf, okay? Like I'm literally thinking, I'm asking, hey, has anybody ever died on one of these before? And they're like, no, ain't nobody died yet. And I'm like, well, today's it's about to happen, you know? Like I am going to die today. And I just remember Allie looking at me and saying, hey, are you going to be a, are you going to be a chicken? What exactly was the words you said? I can't even remember what it was. But something like, hey, don't be a chicken, won't you take a step? And she goes off the edge. And I'm like, she, and I'm like, Oh, and so what I did, I was just like, oh, Lord, please. And I don't think I cussed, but I might have, but I stepped off. I stepped off the edge and went for it, right? I, I stepped off the edge, and I stepped off of it, and I, I was screaming all the way down, just woo, all the way down, right? Get the worst wedgie on those little things that, you, that you're wearing, too. But I think about that, and I think about what happened was that I would have never experienced the thrill of stepping off of that had I stayed standing on top of that tower. And so what I thought about was this idea of faith is that very same thing. Faith is the very same thing where is that it's not about playing it safe. It's not about having it perfectly buttoned up and just perfect faith all the time. You know what playing it, or you know what faith is? Faith is about not playing it safe and taking a leap and taking a step and saying, God, I don't know what's on the other side of this step, but I'm willing to take it. Here I go. Let's go, Jesus, right? So I don't think if there's anybody better in Scripture other than this guy named Peter. Right, This story that we read today about this guy named Peter, Right, all the disciples are in the boat and they're rowing and Jesus told them to go into the boat. You gotta, there's a few storylines that we could really talk about here, a few uh, honestly sermons that we could preach on the fact is that there was one miracle that happened on one side of the mountain. There was a valley that Jesus sent them into a storm and on the other side there's this other miracle that's happening and we could preach all day the fact that you may be in between a miracle, the storm that you're going through right now. Come on somebody, we could preach that all day long, okay? I like that, but I really want to just focus in on one of these things that Peter did and that you and I can learn from. Again, the disciples are in the boat, and all of a sudden, Jesus comes strolling up on the water. It is a storm, it, and you got to understand, these guys are professional fishermen, right? So you got to know the storm is bad if they think they're going to die, if they think they are dead, if they think they are gone, if they think they have no hope, and they're going to not live through this storm, Okay? So you got to understand that these professional fishermen are scared to death for their life. And I think about that. And what happened was is that Jesus is walking out there. And, and all of a sudden, Peter, he, and Jesus says, hey, hey, it's me. Why don't y'all come out here? Anybody want to come? Y'all come out, big boy. And Peter, being the loud mouth that he is of the disciples, what did he do? He said, hey, this wild man said, you know what, Jesus? If it's really you, tell me to come after you. Tell me to follow you. And, and so what happens is, is Peter begins to step out of the boat. And so many times what happens in church and what happens in sermons and what happens even in our own life 
is that there's so many critics of Peter's faith, right? There's so many people that say, you know what? Well, he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he began to sink, and he began to do that. But guess what? There was 11 other people still sitting in the boat that are the ones that are saying that. And so I want to challenge some of you that your faith may look crazy while you step out, and you take a step of faith, and it's not playing it safe. And what happens is Peter may have failed, but guess what? Peter also is one of two people that walked on water. Come on, somebody. That's it. And so what happens is so many times is there's, there's critics and there's people that may say something about your faith, but I'm going to challenge you, do not play it safe. Faith is about pleasing God, not playing it safe. And if you're not failing every now and then, I'm not talking about going out there and just destroying the world with your sin, no. I'm talking about if you're not doing things for God and it not, man, you're, you're out there doing things for God and it just doesn't seem like it's working, I want to challenge you, it's not about playing it safe, that without faith it's impossible to please God. And let me say this. This is what Pastor Craig Groeschel has said in the past. He said this, never let the fear of failure stop you from taking a step of faith. Never let the fear of failure stop you from taking a step of faith. What's going to happen if I step out of the boat? I don't know. And this is what I want you to write down. you got to step out in order to find out. You gotta step out in order to find out. And I wanna challenge some of you today. What is God asking you to take a step of faith in right now that you are playing it safe in? That you're saying, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen on the other side of that step. I don't know what I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of playing it safe. I'm kind of just shrinking back a little bit. What that, what that might be for some of you, it may be sharing your faith with other people. That coworker that you know that you've been meaning to share your faith with, you just don't know how it's going to land. You just don't know how, uh, you know, they're going to take it or receive it. I'm going to challenge you this week. Would you take a step of faith? Would you stop playing it safe? Would you do whatever it takes, as we talked about last week, to take the gospel wherever it needs to go? Would you be willing to do that? I just encourage you. That is a step that some of you need to take. You need to share your faith this week. For some of you, you know what a a faith step that you need to start doing? You need to start to tithe. That's a faith step. That's a faith step. And what happens is, mate, you've heard about it, you, you've thought about it, you've made excuses about it, you've done it before, you stopped, whatever it is, returning 10% to what God has blessed you with, taking that and taking it to the local church, the storehouse, and saying, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you with 90% of my money more than I can ever trust myself with 100%. It is a faith step. It is me stepping out and saying, I know it's uncertain. I know that this is uncommon even for a people to do that, but God, I'm going to do that because because I'm stepping out of playing it safe, and I'm stepping into what you're calling me to do. Maybe that's something you need to be doing. Maybe for some of you, it's to step out of your comfort zone and start a crew, right? We talked about, Katie and I talked about it today. Maybe some of you need to be leading a crew or hosting a crew in your house. You have the spiritual gift of the hospitality, and yet you've been playing the safe a little bit about, oh, I don't really want to open up my home. I don't really want to have, I don't know what to think about it just yet, and I'm going to encourage you. Would you take a step in that? Would you step out of playing it safe and say, you know what, I'm going to step into that faith journey, the next step that God is calling me to. I'm going to do that. Maybe it's for some of y'all to serve in Purpose Kids. How many of y'all love Purpose Kids? Come on, somebody, right? All the parents in the room love it. You know why? Because on the other side of that wall right now, there's tiny little crackheads back there that are just running around like crazy, okay? But they're hearing about Jesus. I should not have said that about my own kids even. I'm so sorry. Dang, I should not have said that. Um, I wasn't talking about y'all's kids. I was talking about my kids, okay? I was just... Can we rewind that on the tape? Please take that out. No, you can't, man. Oh, okay, okay. So, but, but let me say this. Let me say this. 
On the other side of you saying, you know what, I'm going to play it safe a little bit. Uh, On the other side of that, guess what you have the opportunity to do if you sign up to serve and purpose kids? You have the opportunity of introducing Jesus to kids on to, to, to the level that they need to hear about Jesus, that they realize that church can be safe, clean, fun, that guess what, they can have fun at church, they can know God, they're going to be able to have some generosity that they're living out themselves, that you and I get to be a part of changing the next generation. They're going to lead the church whenever we hand it off to them. That's what you get a part of, uh, be a part of, but if not, if you're playing it safe, not if you're just shrinking back, not if you're saying, you know what, I'll, I'll just wait a little bit, I'll figure, no, 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 God is calling some of you to take a step. you got to step out and stop playing it safe. I think about maybe for some of you it's to start a business, for some of you it's to get married, you've been talking about it, and you know you need to live underneath the covering of God's blessing in marriage, get married, have children, maybe it's to adopt or to foster, whatever that step may be for you, I'm going to just encourage you today. I'm going to stir your faith a little bit and let faith be your reaction. And faith is not about playing it safe. Everybody good? Everybody good? Number two is this. Faith is not about certainty. So faith is not only about not playing it safe, but faith is also not about certainty. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. Come on, somebody, right? Like here's the deal. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. Like you got to understand that you are not and I am not going to have a guarantee with every single step that we take when God is calling us to do that. I think about the church. I think about Purpose Church. That there was no guarantee three years ago. when we. I, I mean, I'll just tell you guys, uh, like this time three years ago, I was shaking like a leaf anyway because I was so nervous because we stepped out and we had some incredible people we were able to step out and, and start the church with and, and have a team that we built. But guess what? There's still a lot of uncertainty in it. I had no idea we didn't know anybody was going to show up, right? I had no idea. We didn't have any clue. We were like, oh my gosh, is anybody going to come? And praise God, we've seen hundreds of people come to church. We've seen hundreds of people give their life to Jesus. But guess what? It was on the other side of a faith step that there was no certainty on that other side, but we took the step anyway. And I want to challenge you. I, uh, so many times we say, God, I want to guarantee, is this going to work? Is this going to happen? Like if I step out here and do this, is it going to be okay? How do I know? How do I know? How do I know? I need a guarantee, God. And I just think God is not going to give you a guarantee because that would require no faith on your part. I think about it as a kid. How many of y'all uh, used to have those girlfriend or boyfriend on the playground? Anybody have a little, little childhood girlfriend or boyfriend? All right, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was a baller right back in the day when I was like this tall. Not really, uh, but I, I had these awesome glasses that I literally would have to tape together. It was awesome uh, because I would break them all the time. Would I not, Dad? Yeah, all the time. And I remember going outside and, boy, on the basketball court at elementary school, you know, like, like I had some girls that'd be watching, you know, out there just missing layups and doing all of that. And, uh, I, I remember a couple of girls, and, and maybe you've been there before, but I remember like writing notes, and this is before Allie, okay? Uh, this is before I knew you, baby. If I knew you, I'd be writing you these letters, okay? Um, so I remember just writing little love letters to these little girls like, hey, would you go with me? This is when we went, went with each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, would you go with me? Like, would you go out with me? Would you, like, would, we be, like, would you be my girlfriend? And you write it on a little piece of paper and you put it on there. It's an old country song. Check yes or no. Come on, somebody, right? Like, just check yes or no. Your boy needs a guarantee before I show up to ask you out. You know, because I'm a little nervous, a little nervous about asking. I need a guarantee. Check yes or no. How many of y'all know sometimes it came back a maybe? Come on, ain't that just a bummer? Like, just tell me 
me know if that's the case so I don't even come up to you and make myself look ridiculous, right? And I think so many times what happens in our faith and in our, our faith journeys, we're asking God for a yes or no, and guess what happens so many times is there's a maybe that comes back from God. God, I, I think you're calling me to do this, but no, I'm not sure. God, is this you? How do I know? I need a guarantee from God. And this is what I know is you can have faith or you can have certainty, but you cannot have both of them at the same time. You can have faith or you can have certainty, but you cannot have both. And you got to understand, you know what all certainty is? You know what it is? It's just control. You know it? Like, I, I need to know that I can control the situation that I'm about to step into. I need to know, I need to make sure that I got my hands on every little thing out there to make sure that as I take this step, that I'm controlling the pieces, that I'm, I'm making sure all of that. And I just want to challenge some of us today. The Bible and Jesus himself never told the disciples to take control. What did he tell the, uh, the disciples to take? Take courage. He said, take courage. The Bible says that Jesus walks out on the water towards the disciples, and they're straining, they're rowing, they're fighting this incredible storm. And again, they were professional fishermen. This is something they had control over before, but there was no control in this moment. And the Bible says that Jesus comes walking on the water. And again, he says something super funny. He says, hey, fellas, y'all can't even see who I am, but take courage. It is I. Don't be scared. Right? That's what he says. Don't be afraid. And the disciples are like, okay, but we're still going to die. <laughs> like, we're still in the middle of this uncertainty, in the middle of all of this stuff that's going on around us. And look at, again, I want you to understand, they were completely out of control, but yet Jesus told them to have courage, to take courage. you got to understand that courage cannot be purchased, and you can't borrow somebody else's courage. You can't borrow a little bit from your mama. You can't take some from your spouse. You have to take courage for yourself. And a lot of times what we say in faith is, is we say, God, we, honestly, we, we, we have faith, but we really want control. We really want to know what the outcome is going to be. We really don't want to walk into this uncertainty. And I, I want to challenge you to write this down. You might not have control or certainty, but you can have courage. That you can have courage to take that step of faith. Courage for what? To step out into the storm. The courage to do what? To, to face the storm that's in front of you, to step out of the boat. You might not have control of the situations going on around you. You might not have control over the storms that you're walking into in your life. But you can have courage and you can say, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to run away. I know God called me to this. I'm not going to give up. And I'm going to walk through this thing because I heard Jesus say it, so I'm going to do it. Come on. If anybody believes that, can we give Jesus a big shout of praise all over this place? I want you to understand control is God's responsibility. Certainty is God's responsibility. Courage is my responsibility. Faith is my responsibility. So again, faith is not about certainty. And the last thing I want to tell you about, you got to take some courage, right? So, so faith is not about playing it safe. Faith is not uh, about certainty. But let me tell you what faith is. You know what faith is? Faith is doing the ridiculous to see God do the miraculous. That's what faith is. Faith is doing the ridiculous to see God do the miraculous. Now, I have this, and I, I like throwing these things out to you because I feel like I want you to know where we're going as a church and the heart that we have for this community. I'll just tell you, uh, and this is ridiculous, and I'm about to tell you, and sometimes people may look at me and they may look at our church and say, that is just silly to think that. But I just believe faith is going to be our reaction. I'm not going to let it be fear. I'm not going to let it be, uh, you know, I, I, well, I'm, I'm uncertain, so I'm not going to take a step. No, no, no. We're going to take faith steps together. 
Faith is our reaction. I remember as I was reading uh, uh, literally about the first, um, uh, the first church as it's getting started, and this same guy right here named Peter, when Peter, he denied Jesus three times. If you know the story, he denies Jesus three times, but guess what he goes back and does? Jesus restores him, says, hey, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. You know, hey, hey, serve the church, build your life, giving it to me. Like, just go out there, and upon this profession of faith that you've said even in the past, I will build my church, Peter. He said, I'm going to build it on you. I'm going to build it on this confession that you said that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I think about that, and I think about Peter. Denies Jesus, but then watch what happens. In the, in the, uh, uh, the day of Pentecost happens, right? And what happens is, is he goes out and he begins preaching to thousands of people. And what happens is Peter, the same guy that it was a lack of faith here, but then also stepped out of the boat. And uh, there's a lot of things about Peter that I can relate with a lot of times. But as Peter begins to preach, you've got to understand that 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus that day. At one time, gave their life to Jesus. And as I read that and as I read that all the time, I'll just tell you guys, uh, uh, honestly, and I know it sounds crazy, I know it sounds ridiculous, but guess what? That's how many people I see Purpose Church reaching every single Sunday. And I know that that may sound ridiculous to some, but to me, you know what that is? When I say stuff like that, that's not to just say that numbers are the most important thing here. That is not it, But because every number has a name, every name has a story, and every story matters to God. But I want you to understand that God is calling us in this time to do the ridiculous so that he can do the miraculous. And I don't know about you, but when that happens that one day, when we get to 3,000 that we're reaching every single Sunday together, you got to understand that they're going to look at us and say, you know what? I know those people. I know where they come from. I know, and they couldn't have done that on their own. That was only God that could do that. And that's the goal is that we would take everything that we have and point it all to Jesus because faith is doing the ridiculous so that we can see God do the miraculous. And I just believe that with all of my heart. And I want to ask you, have you decided today to step out in faith? Am I willing to do the ridiculous in order to step up while everybody else is backing down? in order to step into what God is calling me while everybody else is shrinking back. See, Peter, let this moment right here literally create a stage for a ridiculous move, and he takes a leap of faith, and he walks on water. We read that, and we think it's normal. You know what I'm talking about? Like we talked like last week, right? Like that these, the, the, the church above, or the, the house above Jesus started opening up, and they dropped their friend down in front of Jesus. That ain't normal, and guess what? Walking on water ain't normal, right? It ain't. It ain't normal. I don't care how fast you are, right? Like, it's, that's, that's an audacious move that he did. That's a ridiculous thing that Peter did. But he heard one word from Jesus, and he said, Jesus, you told me to come, so I'm going to come. You said to take a step, so I'm going to take a step. And this is what I want to challenge all of us, is that I believe that Jesus is calling you to take a step today. Jesus is calling you to respond, to react with faith. And again, I want you to know that this is a perfect stage. It's a perfect opportunity for you to respond ridiculously so that God can get the glory and he can do the miraculous. You've got to understand that all eyes are watching, that they're watching to see how you respond in that storm. They're going to watch how you see how you respond in your, in your family and at your job. And it creates a perfect stage for you to do the ridiculous so that God can be... Can get, can get the glory and do the miraculous. Again, when life is squeezing you, when the pressure is all around you, what's really inside of you? Let's let faith be our reaction. Peter steps out of the boat. He does something ridiculous. He begins to sink. Jesus immediately reaches out to him. They walk back to the boat. I think we missed that, right? 
Like, like Jesus didn't just throw him, like throw him back in a boat, right? So he walks on water to Jesus. He begins to sink. He goes down. Jesus picks him up. Guess what? The Bible talks about how they had to step back over into the boat. So you got to realize that Peter walked on water multiple times. Like you got to realize that that's something that happens. And immediately, as soon as they step in the boat, the wind and the waves stop. What I think is so incredible about that is it took a moment of faith to change their perspective of who Jesus was. Right In that moment right there, they were completely amazed, and it was their faith that was amazed in the fact that, yo, this dude, he's not just a good teacher. He's not just a good philosopher. He's not just a good man. He is God. And they worshiped him right then and there. But guess what happened? It happened on the other side of one person taking a faith step so that God could do the miraculous, and then that they could literally see that he was God, that he was the one that did it. It wasn't Peter that did it. It was Jesus. Himself. And so again, what step is God asking you to take so that you and I can point other people to him? What, 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 what step are you needing to take? I, I just want to encourage you, do that step today. I'm going to end on this. I'm going to land a plane. Matthew 14 is where we read, right? And, and I want you to understand that Mark also records this story as well in the book of Mark. And if you go over in Mark chapter 6 and you begin to read Mark chapter 6, what you'll begin to find out And what a lot of scholars believe is that Mark actually, he wasn't an actual disciple of Jesus. So if you you read about Mark, and obviously the book of Mark being written, what what they're saying is that that Mark wrote it down, but it was almost an eyewitness account of what Peter had experienced following Jesus. So he's telling Mark, Mark, you got to write this stuff down. You got to go there. If you go over to Mark chapter 6, you got to realize that this same story is told about Jesus walking on the water and Peter walking on the water. But you got to realize in this passage of scripture in Mark, where we read in Matthew, what happened was it talked about Peter and Jesus walking on the water, right? But here's what I want you to understand is that you go over to Mark and, and you'll read in Mark chapter 6 that there is not an ounce, there's not a trace in that whole thing of, of the fact that Peter walked on the water. Which I think is so wild to me, especially if like Mark wasn't there and Peter's telling him, hey Mark, you got to write this down, bro. You know, if I, it was me, there was two people that walked on water ever. I'm putting my name in there. Come on, somebody. Like, yo, Jesus did it, but I was there with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I walked out there with him. And I want us to understand something. I'd be telling everybody. I'd be telling all kinds of people. I'd be making sure, hey, we know Judas was doing something wrong. No, 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 Bartholomew, we don't even know what he was doing, but I was walking on water, Right? That's what I would have said, but not Peter. Peter leaves it out when he's telling Mark, why does he do that? The faith step wasn't the most important part of the story. The faith step pointed to the most important part of the story being Jesus, because Jesus was the most climactic moment. The the point of, of, of the story is not Peter walking on the water. The point of the story is not even Jesus walking on the water, because guess what? Newsflash, Jesus can walk on anything he wants, okay? He can walk on the moon, like literally the moonwalk on the moon right now if he wanted to, right? Because that's the Jesus that we serve. The story is not about walking on water. The story is the picture of the gospel because this is the gospel in that you and I serve a God that won't let anything stop him from getting to you. That there may not be a mountain too high, there's not a valley too low. If he has to walk on top of stormy waters to get to you in your darkest hour, in your darkest night, then you can rest assured that God is on his way to you. He's the God that walks through the storm. He's the God that takes 
makes that that makes his way to you because he has a purpose for you he has a plan for you this is the gospel and that I couldn't get to Jesus so Jesus came to me is there anybody that's thankful at Purpose Church today for Jesus that made a way where there is no way let me let me let me tell you Jesus is waiting for your response to his invitation He's waiting to it. So if you would just bow your heads and close your eyes. Nobody moving around. Nobody, nobody getting up unless you have to. And I want to tell you really quickly, you're in this room and you say, you know what? I, I need to take a face step today. I need to give my life to Jesus. I want you to understand that Jesus, if you read the rest of the entire, the Bible all points to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all because of him. And I just think that if you would read this and, and as you read this, you'll understand that Jesus lived a perfect life. And now you got you got to realize, and I got to realize that we don't live perfectly. There's nothing that we do that we're born in this thing called sin. But the fact is, is that Jesus loved you and I so much that He gave His life for you and He gave His life for me. And I'll just tell you that 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 Jesus loved you and I so much, even while we were still sinning, that Christ died for us. And maybe you're in this room and you've never taken that faith step. You've never said, hey, this is me. I'm giving my life to Jesus. I want to take this step of faith. I'm going to, I'm going to do the ridiculous, which means kind of just stepping out and saying, you know what? But, but I'm going to watch God do the miraculous and he's going to forgive me. He's going to save me. And maybe you're in here and you need that salvation that only Jesus can offer. You can't come to church enough. You can't be good enough. You can't do any of that enough. But Jesus loved you and he cared about you. And he wants a relationship with you today. So if that's you, would you just do this? Would you say something like this? It doesn't have to be word for word. But would you just say, Jesus, I need you to come in my life. I need you to save me. I need you to set me free. I need you to forgive me of my, my sin in my life. Forgive me where I've messed up. Forgive me where I've, I've, I've wronged you, God, where I've sinned against you. And I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you gave your life for me. And I believe that I'm putting my faith and trust in you, that you got out of the grave, and that now you are saving me and living inside of me. So help me live for you every day of my life, making much of you. I'm taking this faith step today where I'm giving my life to you. You can have control of my life, King Jesus. Maybe you're in here, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're listening to the podcast. And if that's you and you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus, I want to invite you uh, to just do something for me if you don't mind. There's a connection card in your seat. And in your seat right there, there's a connection card. And at the bottom it says, uh, "Check uh, today I said yes to Jesus, or I said yes to Jesus. If that's you and you did that today, I'm going to ask you to fill that connection card out. Would you check mark that at the bottom that says, today, I said yes to Jesus. Just check mark that. And in just a second, our prayer team's going to move. We're going to move down here to either side of the stage towards the, towards the uh, side walls. So our prayer team is going to move, and I would just love it if you would just do it in a second. I'm going to count to three. Our serve team is going to move. Not only that, our prayer team is going to move as well. And, uh, and I want you to understand that as they're moving, I want you to move if you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus. So on three, one, two, three. If you would move, would you take your card to them? We love that. <clears throat> I love that that's something that you have done. If you're watching online, would you just text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. That lets us know that you made that decision. 
lets us know that you made that decision to say yes to Jesus today, and we're going to celebrate that. We want to give you a Bible. Man, the generous people of Purpose Church have, have gone ahead and just got you a Bible. Man, we want you to have a, a Bible in your hands. We'd love to meet you. We'd love to just tell you congratulations. We'd love to party because celebration's our response. And heaven parties whenever one person comes to Jesus. I love that. I love that. I love that. So why don't we do this, Purpose Church? Would you stand to your feet, and would you clap your hands and give Jesus all the praise and honor and glory in this place today? Come on, let's give him a, a ovation only a king is worthy of. Come on. I love that. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.